Welcome to the Green Heart Living Podcast with your host, Elizabeth Hill. Great. So I am very pleased to be here this morning with Carrie Ricker, one of our authors from Trauma to Triumph. How are you doing this morning, Carrie? I'm doing great, Liz. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so I'm super excited to talk with you. This You are our first author that we're having on um, the podcast for our book, Trauma to Triumph. And this is a book that's a, a collaboration of different stories of people that have had TBIs, traumatic brain injuries, and gone on to live triumphant lives and what that actually takes. So there's a lot of resources in the book where people are sharing what, it, what post-acute care they were able to, in some cases, piece together or find to get the support right. they needed to live a triumphant life. So I'd love to hear from you what um, what attracted you to be part of this project. Sure. So um, I am a board member of Hubble Dog, um, which is part of the, this tra um, Trauma to Triumph book. Um, mm -hmm. But I also, I, I was attracted to this because one, I love writing. Um, writing actually is part of what saved me, if you will. Um, when I was recovering from my injury, um, you know, once I left the hospital and I was in that sort of phase of, okay, what do I do now? part of my healing process was writing. So I had started a blog and I was writing my experience, what I remembered, what I didn't remember, what, you know, like my reactions to what people said, all of these things. And it helped me heal along the way. Um, and part of the reason that I did this, and, you know, like I know people are a little apprehensive about sharing the fact that they've had a traumatic brain injury. I mean, there's stigma associated with that, you know, like, oh, is she going to be the same? And to me, it's important to share those challenging moments, especially if we do end up in a triumphant sort of life, right? Because there are lots and lots of people who are going through challenges, maybe not a traumatic brain injury, but something I say in that blog or something I have written in this chapter can possibly help someone else go through their particular challenge. And that, that's how I always saw my writing of the blog. Um, so getting an opportunity to join in with other traumatic brain injury survivors who also wanted to share their story in the whole of making life easier for someone else. I was all about that. Yeah. And I, I'm so grateful for you joining the project because you are my people, right? <laughs> you are my people. People who have used writing to heal, as I, you know, I have and get through things that felt impossible to actually use that as a tool. And then not stop just there, but also go, okay, I'm going to use this to help somebody else that's going through the same thing or something similar or can, you know, relate to it in some way. I love that you did that with the blog. How long yeah. were you doing the blog for? I wrote in the blog probably 
a solid two years. You know, it was sporadic here and there. Some days, I, some weeks I wrote every week. So, you know, and, and it got further and further, you know, apart. And every mm -hmm. once in a while, I would throw in an anniversary kind of blog because people started following it and they wanted to know updates and see how I was doing and everything. And, and um, but it got to the point where it felt like, okay, maybe I'm just, you know, like how else can I use my experience where it's not just dragging the same things over and over again? What, what is another way that I can use my experience to help other people that isn't like, oh, you know me, I've had that brain injury. Here's my, here's my stuff. So the opportunity to write this chapter and to join in with other people and to really focus on that post-acute care and resources was really important to me because there was almost nothing available, like nothing that I knew about. Um, you know, once we got through, I, and, and I say we because my family was like behind me every minute I was so lucky my parents stopped their lives for two and a half months and lived with me and my kids um, because I didn't have a driver's license anymore because evidently they don't like to give driver's license to people who've had traumatic brain injuries unless you retest and all that so if there was this whole learning curve and what I found was there really wasn't a whole lot of roadmap. Nobody gave me a, okay, well, this is what you should do next. This is what you can expect. I also was ahead of the game, if you will. Nobody expected me to heal as well as I had. Um, you know, it, it was, I mean, even in rehab it, when I was um, in acute care rehab the occupational therapist would ask me like would come back and give me more because I was like blowing all their tests out of the water and I'm like no no you don't understand I've I've lost some brain function <laughs> they're like what do you mean I'm like no seriously I'm not the same <laughs> so like all through all of my injuries and all of my, like, I was a medical shock to people. Like they didn't know what to do with me. And, and I don't know if that was part of why there was no roadmap for me. And what I have found um, from talking with other people who are traumatic brain injury survivors is that it wasn't just that there really is not a whole lot of roadmap. There are programs available, but unless you know about the programs, you don't know about the programs. So you don't know where to go. And, and so part of the reason I wanted to work on this and was to gather all of those resources to say, hey, here are some things you can try. Here are some things I've tried. I mean, I, I, there are things that have been incredibly healing for me that aren't 
prescribed therapy is, um, you know, exercising every day, uh, meditation, things like that, things that I thought I would never do, like meditation is so key. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and I, I know um, one thing that really attracted me to work on this project is my background's in nonprofits. And so I, for years and years, was always looking from uh, a kind of a community, community perspective of, okay, what's missing? What's missing in services? What isn't there? And when Lori Raggio and Susan Hahn came to me that are um, involved with Hobblejog, when they told me about this and that there really aren't that much, there, there isn't a clear map for people in that post-acute. We In America, here we do a great job with, okay, let's save your life. Let's get you through this. Let's get Absolutely. you back. Absolutely. And I have but, the best of the best in that. Yes, the best of the best, which is amazing. But then what? Like people won't have a whole life, right? And right? especially, you know, so... Um, I, I love that this is what Hobblejog does, that they help mm -hmm. people get, expand, expand and, and learn about what to do next after that post-acute phase. Um, and I love that we can do that with this book of bringing together stories mm -hmm. of real people that have done this and what resources help them. And we have a broad range of different places in the country, which is fun too. Yeah. Um, and you're in Maryland, right? I am. Yes. yes. Um, so you also do work um, for coaching. You have a coaching practice. Could you talk a little bit about the work that you do for in that? Sure. Absolutely. So um, I I do both business and life coaching. Um, I my the greater experience I've had is with business coaching because I was a management consultant prior to my accident, and I have continued along that. Um, but as I have healed from this injury, I have consistently come back to how can I help other people? How can I help other people who are dealing with maybe not the same challenge, but other challenges? Because I've navigated through a lot of things and I understand what resources can be put in place now to help lead that triumphant life, right? So my coaching business is really a part of how am I continuing to serve people and make sure that more people are living a whole triumphant and joyful life. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it makes, it makes it, that I have the best job in the world. You probably think you do, but I do. I do. <laughs> we can both have but the best I job. <laughs> um, you know, a, being able to see another person's progress through struggle is absolutely amazing. Um, it is so fulfilling and it isn't, fulfilling because it is something that I'm doing it's it's fulfilling because I see joy from the people I'm working with I see their lives change and then become more whole people 
And that's amazing. Like, how lucky am I to be able to do that, to use something that was really, really, really terrible, like my traumatic brain injury and my accident and all the recovery that it took. How fabulous is it that I can take that and help others? Like, that's pretty awesome. And my, um, so a friend of mine was in the accident with me and um, she fortunately was not hurt as, as badly as I was. Um, uh, but we would often talk later about how we wouldn't give it back. Mm. It totally sucked. There was nothing fabulous about having those kinds of injuries and having to recover from them and missing large portions of our life because we had to focus on that recovery. But I wouldn't give it back because it's made me who I am now. Mm. And I really like who I am. And I like the fact that I can help other people based on my experience. So like, it's just awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And I love that you've stepped into that, right? Because you could have spent your whole life fighting what happened to you, right? Absolutely. And I think a lot of people do. I mean, I remember Liz, when the therapist would come in and work with me and they'd like, we're going to come back and see you. And I'm like, don't they have other people to work with? And my mom said to me, she's like, you know, Carrie, a lot of people with brain injuries get really depressed and have a really hard time focusing on recovery because they are stuck in the fact that they're injured and they're not going to be the same. Mm. I'm like, oh, I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're just going to get better. <laughs> I've got a right. life to lead. I've got two kids. And my kids were four and eight at the time. So, like, I had a lot to be healthy for. And lucky me that I did. And, you know, if I can get people out of being stuck and getting into just from my story alone, getting into a place where they're like, oh, I guess I could focus on getting better. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. And I can see people benefiting that are both feeling stuck and can't imagine feeling like, oh, I'm just going to keep going, right? That mm-hmm. they could reach out to you and get support. Um, and then I can also imagine people that are like, nothing's stopping me (laughs) already in that space that want that support of, okay, then what's the path to this? How do I, how do I put all the things in place? All of that will just, you know, have it flow easier and be more fun to have support along the way. Absolutely. Everybody deserves to have support. Yeah. Everybody has hard things in their life. My hard thing is different than other people's hard things. It doesn't make it worse or better or anything. It's just my hard thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can help other people with their hard things because I've lived through my hard things and, you know, and everyone deserves support. 
And sometimes support is better from people who aren't in the thick of it with you. Like I had fabulous family support Mm -hmm. and sometimes it was a little overwhelming because they were so invested in me getting better and me, you know, and what they could do to help and what they, it's that it became less about what I could do for me and what they could do for me to help me. And I'm like, okay, you guys had to back off. (laughs) And, and I think with my coaching practice, my job is to help people figure it out for themselves so they can be independent and self-sufficient and confident in their decision-making process and provide support with that. Yeah. So So how do people reach out to you to have a conversation, to see how how you might be able to work together? Sure. Um, So my website is www.nomis.com n-o-m-i-s advisors.com um, and there is a scheduling link there they can um, anyone can schedule a 30-minute virtual coffee if they just want to have you know just have some questions or they can certainly if interested in taking the next step they can set up a free consultation um, and that's a more in-depth conversation let's talk about how we can work together Thank you, Carrie. And we'll put those um, links up so that people can easily access those. And I know with Hobblejog, we have a fundraiser coming up um, as well as a way to purchase the book. So that will, I don't believe it's up right now at this moment um, as of recording. Yeah, it will be soon, like within a day or so. (laughs) Okay, yes. And um, so if people are listening to the podcast version of this, it's probably already up. So we'll make sure that the link is listed. And um, how do people connect with that, the May 24th event? So it's going to be, what's going on? Could you just talk a little bit about what the fundraiser? Sure. So, so this is a fundraising event for Hobblejog. Um, we have uh, a set of panelists. We have two different people who are traumatic brain injury survivors. Um, so it's going to be a moderated conversation with them. Um, that's the main event portion of it. Um, we also are giving away um, one grant and mentioning a second grant that we're going to be giving away a- about a month later. So um, we and and we provide grants to organizations that um, that their programs are resources for traumatic brain injury survivors. Um, So for example, one of our grants went to um, Love Your Brain, which did a yoga program specifically for brain injury survivors. And um, so, you know, had I known that existed back when I was deep in recovery, I may have used that. Like it would have been great to know about that. So, you know, part of this fundraising event is so that we can raise money to grant more people, uh, more programs, funds that they need to get the word out there 
that these programs exist. If we can help get the word out there, then we can help other traumatic brain injury survivors get to that more triumphant place. So it, it's going to be a really exciting event um, where it, it is the day that the, the book is going to be published. Um, you know, so it, it's all kinds of excitement going on. We're really excited about it. And, and I think it's going to be a great event. I'm excited for the panelists. And I think we're going to learn a lot and, and learn about some new resources that, that we can all use. Yeah, I'm excited for the event too. And it's virtual. So people can it attend where, from wherever they are. Um, and I think the fundraiser fee is $20 to um, yeah, it, a ticket. So to get a ticket is $20. Obviously, we would love any additional donations um, mm -hmm. that anyone feels like providing. Um, but yeah, to join us for the event, it is a $20 ticket price. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule, Carrie, to meet with me and talk about the book and your work. I'm so grateful to spend some time with you today. Well, thank you so much. This was really fun. And, and I'm so excited for this book. I cannot wait. Just want it in my hands. I know, me too. <laughs> soon, soon. <laughs> All right. Take care, Carrie. All right. Thanks, Liz. Bye. To find out more about Green Heart Living, visit us on our website at www.greenheartliving.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash greenheartliving.